From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Happy Friday, TGIF. We have a super stacked show for you today. We're going to be talking about Impact Wrestling on Access TV. We have all the news and notes around the wrestling world. And we're going to be going back in time as we talk about ECW's second ever pay-per-view, Hardcore Heaven 1997. But before we get into the show, I want to thank all our fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for all the support. Thank you for always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Fans from Mexico, Canada, the UK, Germany, uh, Taiwan, India, Philippines, all over the world. We are doing it big. We appreciate all the love and support. If you haven't already, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And make sure you follow us on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Because when the conversation stops on the podcast, it continues on the Instagram page. So make sure you never miss a beat. Also, we're going to be bringing a lot more Instagram live chats with our fans. Got to make sure we keep the fans happy, right? We are on the road to Money in the Bank. We have SmackDown tonight. We are also on the road to Slammiversary in eight days. So a lot to talk about. A lot of good wrestling on our way. And a lot of good wrestling last night, and we're going to talk all about it. So without further ado, let's start this weekend off right. Let's get the show started right now. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for inviting us into your Friday morning routine and rituals. We are proud to be a part of your everyday happenings. We thank you so much, and by we, I mean me. So thank you very much for all our fans from all over the world. Thank you. Friday morning, we have a lot to talk about. Let's get right into the news and notes because, yeah, this this has been quite the eventful week for professional wrestling. We're going to start off with the bad news and then hit you off with the good news. But the bad news is, Once again, the New Japan Grand Slam show that was scheduled for the Tokyo Dome on July 25th is once again postponed due to the state emergency in Japan because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, that is very unfortunate because New Japan Pro Wrestling was gearing up to have yet another Tokyo Dome show this year. A Tokyo Dome show that is not Wrestle Kingdom is... Pretty rare in the New Japan world. You know, it's been years and years and years. Probably, I'd say, almost almost 10, 11 years since New Japan Pro Wrestling had multiple shows in one year inside of the Tokyo Dome. And one hell of a main event was signed as it was supposed to be Shingo defending his 
IWGP Heavyweight Champion against Kota Ibushi. That was going to be one hell of a matchup. It's still going to happen, but we don't know when at this moment because of the crisis that's going on in Japan right now. You know, there's more important things than professional wrestling, and I wish my fans in Japan a healthy, speedy turnaround, and I hope that we could get rid of COVID-19 once and for all. Now, let's bring on some good news. AEW Fighter Fest Night 1 is officially sold out. If anything, if you had some trepidations about buying a ticket to AEW's Fighter Fest, I think everyone's doubt was put to rest with AEW Road Razor, which was one phenomenal show with such momentum coming out of AEW. Why wouldn't you want to buy a ticket whether you live in the Dallas area, or if you want to go to Dallas for the show, why would you not make the trip? Why would you not want to check out AEW's Fighter Fest? Because, yo, it's a stacked show so far. We got Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker. We're going to have Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks for the FTW champion. I'm sure we're going to hear from Malachi Black. We're going to have Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Yeah. We're going to have Carl Anderson versus John Moxley, who is returning to AEW, and it is going to be contested under New Japan rules as it is for the IWGP United States Champion. What else do you want? There is no hotter ticket right now than AEW, so make sure you check out Fighter Fest next week live on TNT. And if you are lucky enough to be in the venue, then enjoy yourselves. Just be safe and responsible. Pretty, pretty, please. WWE is once again in talks with Brock Lesnar, but there is no deal in place quite yet. Supposedly, at the moment, the WWE wants Brock Lesnar to work live events, to which I say, that's stupid. Now, I know with the WWE crowd coming back, with WWE going back on tour, I know that the WWE is going to want to sell tickets, and to sell tickets, you're going to need an attraction. And Brock Lesnar is an attraction. But Brock Lesnar's not signed to the WWE right now. So I don't really think it's a selling point for Brock Lesnar to come back and work more dates than he probably would have if he just signed to his regular old contract. Before Brock Lesnar was gone from the WWE, Brock Lesnar didn't work live events. It was very rare, very, very rare that Brock Lesnar worked a live event. So by Brock Lesnar working live events, I mean, do you think Brock gives a fuck about being an attraction? Brock Lesnar only thinks about one thing, and it's the almighty dollar and Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar is going to not want to work more dates. He's going to want to work less dates, especially at this stage of his career. If he does come back to professional wrestling, I don't see him working more than four or five shows a year. So for him to be offered live events, if that is truly the case, then I could see why the deal is not in place yet. I don't think that that's appealing to Brock. I think that the WWE definitely does need Brock Lesnar back. And if they do bring Brock Lesnar back, they're going to have to probably bend over backwards for Brock Lesnar's wants and needs, like they usually do. <laughs> so, with that being said, I mean, do you give Brock Lesnar what he wants? I mean, shit, I would. But I would definitely book Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. 
please, once again, do not book Brock. La- don't book Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. I am so done with Goldberg. <laughs> but if Brock Lesnar comes back, it's probably going to have to be for the right price. WWE's going to have to open up the checkbook. So if you know WWE is willing to do that, Brock Lesnar will be back because once again, Brock Lesnar is always going to think about the almighty dollar. Keith Lee, once again, is being very, very cryptic with his messages. We haven't seen Keith Lee on WWE television for a long-ass time. You know, there was uh, rumors that he was injured. There was rumors that he was sent back down to the Performance Center to lose weight. But he's been putting out these... um, These cryptic tweets, we don't know where his mindset is. We don't know if he's coming back to WWE. We don't know what's going on. But the latest tweet by Keith Lee, he is telling people that, you know, since it was one year to the day that he won the the NXT champion on NXT's Great American Bash 2020, he's reminding people to just be patient with him. The tweet says, quote, many of you reminded me of this day a year ago. So much has happened since then. It feels so long ago. Patience, my friend. There is zero quit in me, so don't you quit on me. I miss you, and I love you. It's a goddamn shame that Keith Lee is not on television. It's a goddamn shame that Keith Lee is not a star, more than a star than he is in the WWE right now. When he was the surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, it really did seem like Keith Lee was going to be a freaking mega star. When he knocked down Brock Lesnar, it looked like, yo, he's next up. Then he comes up to the main roster and he pins Randy Orton. When Randy Orton was on one hell of a run, defeating Edge, defeating uh, Drew McIntyre and doing all that shit. And he defeats Randy Orton. And then what happens? He just fucking disappears. Like, uh... Yo, I've been saying it for a while. I can see Keith Lee as the next Aleister Black, as the next Buddy Murphy, as the next Braun Strowman. I can see Keith Lee on that chopping block, to be honest. I can see Keith Lee back on the indies, back, and it's no fault of his own. But I think that if Triple H was smart, I am sure he probably is going to bat. But I'm sure if Triple H is smart, they pull a Samoa Joe here. If WWE doesn't see the value in a Keith Lee, if they don't appreciate a Keith Lee, bring that man back to NXT. NXT could use him. They're about to lose Karrion Cross. You could use a Keith Lee. It would be a big deal to have Keith Lee return to NXT. Please. Because real talk, if this is just another wrestler that WWE lets, you know, slip through their fingertips because they don't appreciate the talent that this man is, how much can you lose in one year? It's insane. It's insane. But I'm pulling for Keith Lee, and I have definitely not given up on you, my friend. So please... Please come back soon because we are waiting for the limitless one so we could bask in your glory, Keith. And the last thing I want to talk about today on the news is Malachi Black, a.k.a. Tommy End, FKA Alistair Black has officially signed with AEW. No surprise there. He freaking debuted literally two days ago in AEW. He is now a part of the All Elite roster Malachi Black is all elite, and what a signing he is. We talked all about that yesterday, so if you want to hear my thoughts on Malachi Black in AEW, make sure you check out yesterday's episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, because we talk all about it, 
and I make my feelings well known that I am extremely excited for Malachi Black to be in AEW. Now, when we come back from this break, we're going to be talking about last night's Impact Wrestling on Access TV. We are on the road to Slammiversary. We are eight days away from the crowd being back in the Impact Zone. And we are eight days away from Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega for the Impact Wrestling Champion. So we're going to talk all about that when we come back. So stay tuned, baby. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into Impact Wrestling on Access TV. Besides NXT, it is one of the most consistently good wrestling shows on the planet right now on your television. So make sure you check out Impact Wrestling on Access TV every week. We are on the road to Slammiversary. We are eight days away. The fans are coming back to the Impact Zone. It's going to be lit in eight days for Slammiversary live from the home of TNA Wrestling Nashville, Tennessee. Anyway, we got Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan in the main event of Slammiversary. And tonight, on this night of Impact Wrestling, we had the official contract signing for Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan. We also had a lot of stipulations and implications on the line and matches made for Slammiversary, the 19th year anniversary of Impact Wrestling. So let's get into all that good shit right now. As other wrestling companies are gearing up to bring fans back, as some wrestling companies like NXT and AEW already have fans back, it is about time that Impact Wrestling, one of the most consistent wrestling shows on television, brings back their fans, and they are going to be back in eight days. For Slammiversary, we will have the return of fans in the Impact Zone, which is going to be awesome. Tonight, though, no fans. 
So, tier, tier. But anyway, still a great show of Impact Wrestling. We start out with Kenny Omega and Don Callis arriving to the building. They say that tonight is a big night. There's going to be a contract signing tonight between Omega and Callahan. First match of the night, Sam Beal is accompanying his mentor, Brian Myers, the most professional wrestler, versus Jake Something. This is a really solid matchup. Good back and forth action. I'm a fan of Jake Something. I think his name is stupid, but I'm a fan of Jake Something. He has the size. He has the ability. Good, good wrestler. Jake Something picks up the victory here. Very solid matchup. And a big win for Jake Something. It is the stipulation that if Brian Myers lost, he has to call Jake Something professional. Or a professional wrestler or some shit like that. It's something stupid. But anyway, Brian Myers gets on the mic after the loss. He's a little reluctant, but then he's like, all right, I'm going to say it. He gets on the mic, but before he could say anything, Sam Beal, his protege, attacks Jake Something from behind. They double team him. They're stomping him out. This leads to Matt Cardona making the save. Matt Cardona is back. He's returning here. He had a, a eye injury. I believe he had a fractured orbital bone, which, you know, that shit must suck. Also, Matt Cardona has also been feuding with Nick fucking Gage, the fucking king. But anyway, you know, MDK for life. Anyway, uh, yeah, Matt Cardona is back here on Impact Wrestling. I'm sure we'll get a tag team match of some sorts at Slammiversary between Brian Myers and Sam Beal versus Cardona and Jake something. Next on the show, we have Deanna Perrazzo, the Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion. She gets interviewed backstage. She says that she is... On her own. She never needed Susan and Kimberly. She is above them. They weren't there when she was winning champions. So you know what? I don't need them. And she says that tonight. She's going to issue an open challenge. Then we got. Sammy Callahan backstage. And he's being arrested. The cops are arresting Sammy Callahan. Even though it wasn't really cops. It said staff. Security and staff. I didn't know. When was the last time security and staff gets warrants for arrest? Like, you could at least get police outfits for these people. Like, come on. Anyway, Sammy Callahan is arrested for assault and battery on Don Callis. Sammy Callahan says, I didn't even do nothing this time. I didn't even do nothing this time. What do you mean assault and battery? I didn't do nothing this time. But, hey, they take him away. Next, we head to the ring. Deanna Perazu is there. She issues her open challenge. And Lady Frost answers the challenge. Lady Frost is someone who's been coming up a lot on, uh, you know, on the radar. She wrestled a few matches for AEW Dark. I believe she had a Women's of Honor match in Ring of Honor. But Lady Frost definitely is uh, someone who has been on the radar in the independent world, in the independent circuit here. She has a pretty fun back and forth matchup with Deanna Perazu, but Deanna Perazu makes quick work of her. It was a quick match. She did get some offense in, but Deanna was just too much for her. The Virtuosa right now is hitting on all cylinders. She's been phenomenal here in Impact Wrestling. She then gets on the mic. She says she is the greatest knockout of all time, which leads to Gail Kim to come out. I thought at this point Gail Kim was about to announce that she's stepping back in the ring and she's going to have a match with Deanna. If that ever happened, I think that would be a phenomenal matchup. But surprise, surprise, that does not happen here. Instead, Deanna Peraza first shows uh, respect to Gail Kim. She says that she respects her, but she says that she expects the same respect to go both ways and to not cut her off when she's talking. Gail says that she does respect Deanna. You know, calm down. We all respect you. We all like you. 
But she says that if you want to call yourself the best knockout in history, well, you won't have to prove that, she said, because at Slammiversary, your opponent at Slammiversary is not Gail Kim. Even though Deanna said it would be an honor to wrestle Gail Kim, she said, I'm retired. You're not going to face me. I'm retired. But me and Scott Demore, we were talking about who you should face at Slammiversary, and we decided that you're going to have a mystery opponent at Slammiversary. She said that if you're really the best, you don't even need to know who your opponent is, but you should be training because you're going to have the fight of your life. So I'm really intrigued. Who is Deanna Peraza going to be wrestling? I have a guess because of another segment on the show that we'll be talking about when we get to it. But really good segment. Always cool to see Gail Kim on the show. I'm a big fan of Gail Kim and what she did for the Knockouts division back in the day. Her her classic matches with Awesome Kong. Can't wait to get to those matches when we are on that point on making an impact every Thursday. But definitely cool to see Gail Kim, a true star, true legend in the business. Next, we got Moose attacking. Uh, he's attacking Chris Sabin backstage. He says at Slammiversary, he wanted Moose. You're going to get Moose. You want to find out why he's a wrestling god. It's a little weird that Moose calls himself a wrestling god, taking that from JBL. And also, Kenny Omega on this show is referred to as the god of pro wrestling. Like, there's a lot of gods, it seems, right? So we got the god and wrestling god. And, like, yo, who, 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 who? Who's the god? I mean, if you think about it, Kenny Omega beat Moose. So Kenny Omega gets that title, right? Moose don't deserve to call himself the wrestling god, but whatever. Anyway, it, we're, we will be getting Moose versus Chris Saban at Slammiversary. That should be a really good matchup. Next on the show, Chris Bay cuts a promo. He says, last week I did not pick a side. I picked my side. He said, I saw that the odds were against me, so I chose to align myself with Trey Miguel P.D. Williams, and Josh Alexander. But in no means am I friends with Josh Alexander, P.D. Williams, and Trey Miguel. He says, at Slammiversary and Ultimate X, it's every man for himself, and he will be walking out your new X Division champion. I'm a big fan of Chris Bay, and I think that he definitely is going to be a star in the making. I think he's a star in the future here. Um, Yeah, I mean, I know he's a former X Division champion already, but... I could see Chris Bay taking it to that next level. You know, I could see him definitely being a world champion, at least contender, within the next like two, three years. W. Morrissey is out now. He goes against three jobbers. It's a three on one handicap match. He says that he accepts Eddie Edwards' challenge for Slammiversary, and he says he's going to help Eddie Edwards prepare for that matchup by demonstrating. What's going to happen to him at Slammiversary? And then after that, he proceeds to absolutely decimate these three athletes that he's in the ring with. Poor jobbers. They got their teeth knocked out. Because W. Morrissey was bringing the heat. W. Morrissey is definitely, definitely uh, a star. Like, I'm so glad that this guy turned his career around. Because he's definitely going to be a major player in Impact Wrestling for quite a while if he decides to stay. I could see W. Morrissey as a champion as well. W. Morrissey is definitely a star. Hopefully he stays on the right track. Because I know he has his demons. But pending that he does. Yo. Great pickup for Impact Wrestling. Big name talent. Star power. 
You know, he has the size. He has the look. He's been to the dance. Former WWE superstar. One of the most over guys in the tag team with Enzo Amore. So, yeah, I mean, great pickup for Impact Wrestling here. Him and Eddie Edwards is going to be a good match. The last couple matches that W. Morrissey had on pay-per-view, he wrestled smaller guys. So, I think that him and Eddie Edwards are going to be a really good matchup. Eddie Edwards is a phenomenal wrestler and athlete who could get in there and tangle with the best of them, no matter the size. So, I don't see this being, you know, any different here. This should be a really good matchup. I think that if you really want to solidify W. Morrissey as a top star in Impact Wrestling, you give him the victory. Eddie Edwards does not need that victory. You let W. Morrissey beat a former Grand Slam champion in TNA, in Impact Wrestling. And I promise you, W. Morrissey is going to be a star and a future world champion in Impact Wrestling. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the second half of this show. So stay tuned because we're going to be talking about more matches that get signed for Slammiversary. And we're going to see what exactly happened with Don Callis and Sammy Callahan when we come back. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington for challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics? Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the second half of Impact Wrestling on Access TV last night. Let's cut the music and let's get right to it. All right, so next on this show, we got Don Callis. He's cutting a promo. He says that he was victimized. He was assaulted by Sammy Callahan, and he has the footage to prove it. He's really playing it up, really doing the dramatics here. He's talking about how he has a family. He's just a man who comes to work to earn a paycheck, and he doesn't expect to be brutalized and plummeted by a wrestler like Sammy Callahan. He shows the footage. Uh, it's it's obviously not Sammy Callahan in the footage. It's obviously someone dressed up like Sammy Callahan attacking Don Callis. So there is some collusion here. There is some, there's a roo going on. There's a ruse going on. A roo or ruse? I don't even know what it is. It, is it ruse? Roo, roo. 
Anyway, there's something going on here, and it ain't Sammy Callahan's fault. But Sammy Callahan's taking the blame for it. Scott Demore apologizes to Don, and he says that tonight the contract signing's still going to happen. He says it's still going to go on as planned. Don Callis says, but wait. Sammy Callahan is not even going to be here tonight. He's, he's in jail. And he said, isn't this like his seventh strike? He's, in, he's probably going to go away for 20, 10, 20 years. He's not going to make it to Slammiversary. So what's the point of even having this match? Don Callis is clearly showing fear of Sammy Callahan. He thinks that Callahan could beat his boy. Scott Demore says, just trust him on this. Come to the ring tonight. We're still going to have the contract signing. Next, we got Susan and Kimberly versus Rosemary and Jessica Havoc. Rosemary and Jessica Havoc pick up the victory here. I just want to say the Impact Wrestling Knockouts Tag Team Division is super stacked. It is as stacked as the NXT Women's Division the NXT Tag Team Division. I mean, I think that if you, if I was going to book a super show of women's tag teams, yeah, NXT's Tag Team Division for the women versus the Knockouts Tag Team Division will be so lit. Like, think about it. Think about Fire and Flavor versus The Way. Rosemary and Havoc versus Io Shirai and Zoe Starks. Uh... What about Rosemary and Havoc versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez? Like, there is so many great women's tag teams. We know about all the great women's wrestlers, right? But I think that's something that's really starting to be the next wave of women's wrestling is how many great women tag teams there are in the wrestling world. Because just look at NXT and just look at Impact Wrestling, there is a bunch of them. A bunch of great women tag teams. So I think that it's really cool to see that as the next wave of the women's revolution that is a worldwide, you know, it's not just WWE anymore, it's it's a worldwide thing, you know. We got we got women tearing it up all over. The knockouts really don't get the credit that they are deserved. The knockouts in TNA and in Impact Wrestling was doing what the WWE's women's revolution was doing, but they were doing it years before that. So the knockouts division is definitely the innovators and not the duplicators, not the imitators. And I think that it's cool because they set the precedents for women's wrestling and they showed that women's wrestling could draw. So shouts to the knockouts, by the way. I, I don't really get to talk about them as much. Shouts to the knockouts being the innovators of the women's revolution because no one really wants to give them the credit that they deserve. Before there was a Sasha and Charlotte there was a Gail Kim and Awesome Kong in the main event of Impact, and they got a high-ass rating. You know what I mean? So, put some respect on the knockouts, you know what I mean? Anyway, speaking of knockouts, Jazz is attacked by Tennille and Caleb Conley. This infuriates Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering. They want them next week in the matchup. I don't know if they're going to have an intergender matchup, but there is hell to pay for Tennille and Caleb with a K. Next on the show, we got Rich Swan and Willie Mack. They come out. Swan gets on the mic. He says that Violence by Design stuck their nose in their business last week. They call them out. He says, come out here. We're going to kick your goddamn ass. We want the tag team titles. They're the number one contenders. But Violence by Design does not come out. Instead, TJP, I was about to call him TJ Perkins. I, I, I learned from my mistakes. TJP. TJP comes out with Fala Ba. And they say that they're looking for a violence by design as well. They said that they too are considered 
and they consider themselves the number one contender, not Rich Swan and Willie Mack. So they said that they need to get into the back of the line, in which Willie Mack says, nah, we've been here. We've been the number one contenders before my boy Rich Swan even got injured. So on that case, we ain't going nowhere. Y'all got to go to the back of the line. This leads to them all arguing. But then, violence by design, all four of them, four deep, came out, and they they get into the face of all four men in the ring. So we have a four-on-four stare-off between Eric Young, Rhino, Joe Doring, and Cody Diener staring down TJP, Fala, Ba, Willie Mack, and Rich Swan. But before anyone can make a move, because it looks like a move is about to bust out and happen, someone's about to get you know the first punch, and we're going to have a massive brawl. Before that could happen, though, the Good Brothers join the party, they come out, they start preaching. Holy be thy name, you sent us here to save the tag team division in Impact Wrestling. Too sweet. Too sweet. Anyway, it is uh, announced by Tommy Dreamer, who is a Access TV representative. It is announced that it will be for the tag team titles, a four-way match at Slammiversary between TJP and Falaba versus Willie Mack and Rich Swan. Versus the Good Brothers. Versus two members of Violence by Design. That should be a phenomenal matchup. But he says also to get you ready for that four-way matchup at Slammiversary. I'm making a four-way matchup tonight. It will be Cody Diener versus the Machine Gun Carl Anderson. Versus Rich Swan versus TJP. So we have a main event here. Our main event is this four-way matchup. And it was a really good matchup. The Machine Gun Carl Anderson though picks up the victory. He has a lot of momentum as of late. He got victories on Impact. He has victories on AEW. Yo, he's got he's been racking up the wins. So cool to see one of my favorites who is very underappreciated, the Machine Gun Carl Anderson, getting victories here on both AEW and on Impact Wrestling. And he has a lot of momentum, one, going into this tag team four-way match at Slammiversary, but also going to Fighter Fest this Wednesday on AEW as he goes against John Moxley for the IWGP US title match in New Japan Pro Wrestling Rules. So I think that Carl Anderson is definitely building up his stock back up, but I don't think he's being John Moxley, but they do have a chance of becoming the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions at Slammiversary. Really good matchup. After this, Big LG, Doc Gallows, he's staring down Joe Doring. If we do get Joe Doring and Doc Gallows in a one-on-one match, that's going to be one hell of a showdown between two big hosses in Impact Wrestling. Backstage, Kimberly has a plan. She tells Susan, she says that I want you to introduce you to somebody. She brings out Father James Mitchell, and she tells Susan to go with him. He's a man of the cloth. Father James Mitchell brings back... Well, Father James Mitchell is presumably going to bring back the the queen of the demon realm, Sue Young, which is about time. I'm, I'm a little done with the Susan character. Like, that whole, trust me, I'm Susan. Like, the, uh, what's the point of this? You know what I mean? I would rather have Sue Young back, who was a great character, a great aesthetic, and a great performer. I would have her any day of the week over Susan... And I believe that this is presumably to go against Diana Perazu at Slammiversary. Sue Young versus Diana, the virtuosa Perazu, is going to be a great matchup if that's definitely the direction that they're going to go for at Slammiversary. Next, it is contract signing time. Kenny Omega comes out with Don Callis. 
Don Callis says that there's no more challenges in AEW or in Impact Wrestling for Kenny Omega. Sammy isn't here because he assaulted Ken, uh, him, but Kenny Omega is here and he is here to sign the contract. Then security footage is shown on the big screen and it is shown that it was Johnny Bravo who indeed was dressed up like Sammy Callahan and hit Don Callis, not Sammy. Then we got the ICU glitch and it is Sammy Callahan in the ring. He brawls with Kenny Omega. He hits Kenny Omega with a package pile driver. Callahan then signs the contract, and it is official. We're getting Callahan versus Omega at Slammiversary for the world champion. He then puts Kenny Omega through the table. Yeah, this was a great segment. I'm really excited. It is very different than what Kenny Omega's been doing on either show. Him and Sammy Callahan is a clash of styles, but I think that Kenny Omega proved that he could wrestle with anybody and make a great match. He He's brawled with the best of them with guys like Eddie Kingston and John Moxley, so I think that him and Sammy Callahan will be no different here. I'm extremely excited for Impact Wrestling Slam Reversary. Dude, check out Impact Wrestling. If you don't already watch Impact Wrestling on a weekly basis, you are missing out. If you don't have access to Access TV, then go out of your way to find a way to watch the show because it is definitely worth it. It is so solid. It is the most consistent. I really enjoy it. And if you don't order Impact Wrestling Slammiversary on Fight TV, then what the hell, man? Because this is a super stacked show. Eddie Edwards versus W. Morrissey, the former big cast. We're going to have a four-way tag team match for the tag team titles. Violence by Design, TJP and Falaba, Rich Swan and Willie Mack and the Good Brothers. Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan, the, one of the best wrestlers in the world today. Diana Perazu defending the Impact Wrestling Knockouts title versus a mystery opponent. Yo. This card is stacked. You got... Oh, oh, oh! By the way, you also have the return of the No Limits X Division Ultimate X match. It is a six-man match for the Ultimate X. It is going to be for the X Division title as Josh Alexander puts his title on the line against Rohit Raju, Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, uh, Chris Bay, and Ace Austin. That should be a phenomenal matchup, especially I love, love, love... Ultimate X. It's funny because on yesterday's episode of Making an Impact, we're talking about the 2006 Ultimate X between Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels. And in 2021, Ultimate X is making its return. Ultimate X has always been such a fun match to watch. So I am so excited for this. Make sure you check out Impact Wrestling on Access TV and make sure you check out Impact Wrestling's Slammiversary, the 19th year anniversary. When we come back, You better strap in your car seat. You better strap in that seatbelt because we're going on a ride. We're going all the way to ECW's Hardcore Heaven 1997, the second ever pay-per-view of ECW. It's Friday. That means we get a little extreme to end the week. Every Friday, we end the week strong with an ECW nostalgia show, and we're talking about ECW's Hardcore Heaven 97 when we come back. So, you better stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't have a spot for you. 
starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. It is Friday. You know what that means. We get a little extreme to end the week. This is extreme. We end every Friday off with the extreme ECW. And guess what? This week is going to be one of the biggest episodes yet. We're talking about the second ever pay-per-view in ECW history. Hardcore Heaven 97. The last couple weeks we built up to this show and I'm so excited to talk all about this show. We have a three-way dance with the ECW champion, Sabu, versus the franchise, Shane Douglas versus Terry Funk. Also on the show, we got Jerry the King Waller invading ECW once again to go against Tommy Dreamer. We also have Taz versus Chris Candido and a lot more on this Super Stack show. So, let's end the week strong. Let's head into the weekend right. Let's get a little extreme. And let's talk about ECW Hardcore Heaven 1997. We start out the show live here in the War Memorial in Fort Lauderdale, Florida with Joey Styles. He's welcoming us to the show. And he's quickly interrupted by Rick Rude. Joey Styles says that he knows that Rick Rude could probably break him in half if he wants to. But he says that what you did turning your back on ECW and then not only turning your back on ECW... But then becoming Shawn Michaels' representative on Monday Night Raw? You should be ashamed of yourself. Then he leaves. Rick Rude tells him to get out any freaking way. He's just starting. Now Rick Rude's berating the crowd. 
Then he introduces Mr. No Gimmicks Needed, Chris Candido. I guess we're going to start off the show really hot with the ECW Television Championship match. But as Chris Candido and Rick Rude decide to berate the crowd even more, Commissioner Todd Gordon comes to the ring, and he says that he cannot control what Rick Rude does outside of ECW, but when he's in the ECW ring, he controls what Rick Rude does, and he says that he does not have a manager's license, therefore he cannot be ringside of this match, and he has 10 seconds to leave, and if he doesn't, then Chris Candido forfeits his matchup. After a few seconds, Rick Rude leaves, and out comes the human suplex machine, Taz, and we are off to the races here on ECW Hardcore Heaven 1997. It is Taz versus Chris Candido, and this is a fun opening matchup. Really good back-and-forth technical wrestling here. In the end, though, Taz is just too much for Chris Candido. He chokes out him, and the path of rage continues as Taz retains his ECW Television Championship. What a great way to start off the show. Really starts off the show hot, because this is a super stacked show, and there is a lot to talk about, so might as well start off the show with a banger, right? Next, we see the show. The on the show, we see the pre-show, a performance by the Insane Clown Posse, Violent J, and Shaggy Two Dope. Their performance is cut short by Rob Van Dam and Sabu, who attack the Insane Clown Posse. Rob Van Dam actually he breaks Violent J's eardrum with a spin kick, which would looked very fucking stiff. And Sabu hits uh, a drop kick into the chair onto Shaggy Two Dope. Then the Sandman tries to make the save, but RVD and Sabu take out the Sandman, and Sandman is stretchered out to the back. He's going to be leaving this night in an ambulance. Spike Dudley and Bam Bam Bigelow is next. This is a rematch from the past week on ECW Hardcore TV. If you remember, Spike Dudley actually picked up the victory on Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam wants his revenge, and this was just total decimation. Spike Dudley barely got any offense in. Bam Bam just throws Spike Dudley around. At one point, he actually picks Spike Dudley up and throws him into the crowd. And it is not that one moment where Spike Dudley gets caught and body surfed in the crowd. No, the crowd misses and Spike Dudley goes crashing to the floor here. This is just, like I said, absolute destruction and absolutely decimation of Spike Dudley. Bam Bam Bigelow picks up the victory. Spike Dudley's a bloody mess and he needs medical attention after this matchup. The next matchup, Monday Night Rules. We got the whole effing show, Rob Van Dam, Mr. Monday Night, going up against the debut of not Leaf Cassidy, not from the New Rockers, but Al Snow. Joey Styles berates the WWE and their booking of Al Snow. So we, uh, we see that this is a new Al Snow and that they're going to be actually respecting the fact that this guy is a 15-year pro and been in the business for a long time and could actually go. He has a really fun matchup with uh, Rob Van Dam here. Van Dam picks up the victory in this fun matchup, but it is a really good introduction to Al Snow. And as we lead into the third pay-per-view of ECW, Al Snow is a big, big deal. This is pre-head, but soon we're going to be getting Al Snow hitting his drive with the job squad and head, right? Next on the show, we see helicopter footage. The ambulance that the Sandman was taken out on apparently was hijacked by the Sandman. He commandeered the ambulance, and he is looking for the war memorial, but he's going the wrong way. They said that he is on his way back, but will he make it back before the show goes off the air tonight? We next get a Jerry Lawler promo. He says that all the WWF wrestlers wished him luck in his match against Tommy Dreamer. 
they all are here with him in spirit. He says the Undertaker told him to hit Tommy Dreamer with the Tombstone pile driver. Bret Hart said, I know we have our differences, but make sure you put the sharpshooter on Tommy Dreamer. Stone Cold Steve Austin said, I give you permission to open up the biggest can of whoop-ass on Tommy Dreamer. And that's what he intends on doing tonight. Next, the Dudley Boys are out with porn star Jenna Jameson, Joe Gertner, and sign guy Dudley. We get a whole rundown. We got the massively long introductions here. And we get the ECW Tag Team title match between the Dudley Boys and PG-13, in which the Dudley Boys pick up the victory here. Next, things get a little, little, little crazy because we got Jerry the King Lawler. He comes out. He promotes the next WWF pay-per-view mind games. And then he reiterates his promo from earlier, talking about Stone Cold, Undertaker, and Bret Hart. Tommy Dreamer comes out, and we are off to the races. Tommy Dreamer and the King are battling all over the War Memorial in Fort Lauderdale. This feud has been building up for a long-ass time with all the WWF invasions and whatnot. And it's finally one-on-one. Lawler rips uh, Tommy Dreamer's ECW shirt during the match. And he wipes his ass with it. Which gets a loud booze from the ECW faithful. Uh, During the match, Lawler attacks the referee. Lights go out. They go back on. Rick Rude is in the ring. He hits Tommy Dreamer with a garbage can. Tommy Dreamer fights off Rick Rude. Lights go back out. They go back on. And Jake the Snake Roberts is here. He makes his ECW debut. He gets a huge ovation. We all know that Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, Jerry the King Lawler are no friends here. But Jake the Snake Roberts hits the DDT on Tommy Dreamer. But then he helps up Jerry Lawler. But surprise, surprise, he hits him with the short arm clothesline. Jake the Snake Roberts is in it for himself here. Lights go back out again. And when they go back on, Malachi Black. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) When the lights go back on, we get Sonny. Sunny is here, and she sprays uh, hairspray into the eyes of Tommy Dreamer, which leads Beulah McKillicuddy to come out and attack Sunny. We have a calf fight. Tommy Dreamer hits the DDT on Jerry the King Lawler, and we end the matchup. Tommy Dreamer gets the victory on the King. This was just amazing. This was fun. This was excellent. This was everything that makes ECW ECW. And I got to say, like, this is exactly the type of Wild Wild West shit that I love about ECW. And Jerry the King Lawler actually put on a really good matchup with Tom Dreamer. I think that uh, it was really cool. Like, all the rah-rah and gaga aside, it was really cool to see Jerry the King Lawler come to ECW. That was a really cool moment. The Sandman is out. Well, no, he's not out. He, he's at the War Memorial, but when he gets finally gets to the War Memorial, he starts caning the police because the police are there because he hijacked them, uh, the ambulance, and he's arrested and taken away. So this just seemed like a waste of time. I don't know if something got canceled, but there was definitely uh, time fillers with this whole Sandman hijacking the, the ambulance shit, and they keep showing the helicopter footage just for him to get arrested. Like, to be honest, that was a waste of time in my opinion. But... We are now going to talk about the main event. The franchise, Shane Douglas, Terry Funk, and Sabu for the ECW Heavyweight Champion. This is a really good matchup between all three men. This is just, you know, insane. We have an elimination, by the way. It's an elimination matchup. Just crazy action. Great wrestling by all three men, like I said. These three are legends, and this is the night the line was crossed again. Ty Gordon comes out, and he beats up Bill Afonso at one point. 
Sabu puts Ty Gordon and Bill Alfonso through a table. The wrestlers are coming out from ringside because they're all interested in this. Sabu is eliminated. Then Shane Douglas pins Terry Funk, and we have a new ECW champion. The franchise Shane Douglas is once again your heavyweight champion for ECW, but that is not all. Before I say anything else, I want to say all praise to Terry Funk. I hope he's doing well. You know, he was in the news today, a lot of news reports saying that he's not doing too good. All praise and all my prayers are going to the Lord of Hardcore, Terry Funk, right now. But on this night, Shane Douglas is your champion for ECW. But the show is not going off the air yet. The franchise continues to attack Terry Funk after the match. This leads to Joel Gertner getting in the ring with the Dudley Boys, and they attack Terry Funk. Joel Gertner tells Shane Douglas to dump the triple threat and join the Dudleys, which leads to Candido and Bam Bam Bigelow coming out, which leads to the triple threat and the Dudley Boys getting into it, and they get into a big brawl, which leads to the Dudleys clearing the ring. The locker room tries to break up the big brawl. The Dudleys clear the ring. Then they continue to attack Terry Funk, which leads to Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney, the chair-swinging freaks, to come down and attack the Dullies, but the Dullies get the upper hand, and they continue to attack Terry Funk to lead to the crescendo on this insane night. We got the entrance and the return of the original gangster, New Jack. New Jack comes out with the Eliminators here. The crowd goes nuts. They beat the absolute living shit out of the Dudleys. And we go off the air with New Jack, Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, John Cronus, Perry Saturn, and Terry Funk celebrating with the ECW faithful. What a show. This is everything that ECW is all personified in one. Great wrestling, wild, insane brawls, insane storylines, great personalities. I really enjoyed this show and I gave it a four out of five stars. One hell of a show. For the last couple weeks, I ended the show with the Pulp Fiction promos. Hit that music. There's no Pulp Fiction promos, but I just love hearing the Pulp Fiction song. And we're going to end out this episode and the week with the Pulp Fiction song. And me telling everybody that I appreciate all the support. This week, I was told that our numbers for June were just through the roof. And it is all due to the support that I get from my loving fans. So I appreciate all the support from all all over the world. Mexico, Canada, the UK, Ireland, Germany, Indonesia, Taiwan, India, Brazil, Chile, Philippines, the United States. Yo, it is insane how much support we're getting from all over the world, and I appreciate it so much. We appreciate you guys, and I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. Hope everyone stays strong, stays safe. Make sure you check out SmackDown tonight. We are on the road to Money in the Bank. Make sure you tune in to SmackDown. Make sure you tune in to Slammiversary in eight days. Watch all wrestling. Enjoy all wrestling. Be good to each other. Why pick a side when you can watch everything? If you're going to MLW this Saturday, hit me up. I'm going to be at MLW. I want to hear all about MLW from the 2300 Arena. We're back with Major League Wrestling. Yo, it is such a great time to be a wrestling fan. It is such a great time to be a fan of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. If you don't already, follow us on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod and on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Thank you so much for all the support. Without you, there is no us. I love you all. And that is from the bottom of my heart. I honestly love you all. Thank you for all the support. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. Stay healthy. 
one love. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 